<clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kiddies of all ages, welcome to The Really Big Show. I am Mitch Cambridge, the Savage in Business, and you are on Savage in Business, the podcast, our brand new property where people that I know, great friends, family members, business owners that I absolutely love, admire, respect, or people that are just rocking out in the world, come in, share their story, talk about how they become an absolute savage in business, the story of how they got to where they are in business, and just how life in general is pretty good for them lessons you can take away for yourself, and of course, things that they're working on to teach you how to do the same. So Mitch, right here, we're going to be rocking it today. A great friend of mine, Elizabeth, is in the house. Elizabeth Sickles, it's always great to see you, my dear. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on as well. Listen, give them a tiny snapshot of you, how it got started, and then we're going to dive in like always. So tell people who you are. Absolutely. So I spent 11 years in corporate America, um, excuse me, traveling all over the world. So I did a lot of international travel for mainly Fortune 100 companies and got to figuring out that I am not the corporate type as I was moving up the chain. I was not going to make it uh, for a much longer. So decided to pivot and went into real estate. So I left my corporate job in uh, July 4th of 2006. So Independence Day here in America. America. So a lot of symbolism behind that. And then spent a year figuring out actually exactly what I was going to be doing in real estate. Ooh, um, so yes. And because I actually didn't know if I wanted to do real estate or natural health. Uh, so I was traveling, doing lots of different things and then settled in real estate and ended up moving um, back to Indiana, but moved to Indianapolis um, because it's an amazing city. I was here for a week and I said, I called my mom and I said, I'm moving to Indy. So I moved from Michigan to Indy, um, didn't know anybody and ended up word got around that I had done Airbnb with my personal house when I left corporate because I was traveling all over the place and I had just left my really great paying job. So this was a way to have income coming in. So um, Elizabeth Mayora was officially born September of 2017. So we did, uh, but how we started, I'll just say, was hosting and property management for short-term rentals. Mm. And then we also did the furnishing and design work. So that's that's how it all started. Well, you know, funny enough, you just segued right into it because at the beginning, we always want to start on these episodes with where you came from. All good heroes and all good villains have a, have an origin story, right? And you just, you just summarized it as well. So when we look at how we got started, there were some things that always triggered the moment where we made those kinds of decisions. Uh, July 4th, you decided that Independence Day was going to be the day for you to do it. Funny enough for me, the day that did it for me was my grandmother's birthday, the year she passed away. Oh. She passed away in January that year. In June, June 17th was her birthday. That was the exact day that I lost the last job I ever had. I got fired, funny enough. And I'm like, to hell with this. I'm going out on my own. Like it couldn't come around more times. So listen, what were the real catalyzers for you in those, in, in those moments at those days? And that set you on the path to where we're getting forward now, because there's some intriguing parts to that. What turned you into a superhero or supervillain, if you will, July 4th and, and, and really got you to where you are at this moment? What were those instances that jumped out and what were the catalyzers and drivers? Because you don't just decide to leave a decent paying corporate job probably unless you're pissed off or sick of it or something else has to happen. What, what was it for you that really did that? 
There were a couple of things. I was working for a Fortune 100 company at the time who our CEO was saying how we foster flex schedules. Um, And even though they said that, I wanted to work from home a couple of days and our management was not on. And there was no reason for me to have to be in the office every day. Uh, They were not on board with that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And it was also, I'm not one of these left-wing feminists, anything like that, but this company was so hierarchical. When we went to meetings, I would put together the presentation for my boss. I was to be at the meeting, but I was not to speak. And this was just in 2016, like not that long ago. And it wasn't, it wasn't that I was a female. It was because of where I was in the chain of command. So I was like, you know what? You're paying me a lot of money not to, not to contribute more. Um, so that was in, I was driving into work and I was passing the Detroit airport and I was on the phone with my mom one morning and I was complaining about work and she knew I wanted to resign. She knew I was taking a bunch of real estate classes for investing. And she said, well, you keep talking about it. Why don't you just do it? Mm. And that was like the, I didn't need her permission, but that was just the, yes. So I decided that day, that July 4th, that was in February of 2016. Yeah. So I decided July 4th is going to be, my plan was to make it through the end of the year. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to be able to. (laughs) So I would definitely want to encourage the listeners if you're having a hard time with corporate and if you're a hustler and you're going to, and I mean that in a good way, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're passionate, you've got the drive to go do things. That was one of the best decisions I ever made was leaving corporate. Well, it's, it's never about the permission like you sought your mother's permission. It's somebody whose opinion you trusted. In that case, one would hope that you can trust your parents on top of you know really close friends or confidants or other people that are maybe peers in business. But sometimes we need that catalyzer. We need somebody else to give us permission for something we've already kind of made the decision on. That's, that's very true. And I'll say also, I mean, it was a fantastic paying job and six weeks paid vacation, you know, all that stuff, plus holidays, plus we had like 14 holidays. You know, so since I knew in the beginning of the year that I was, I knew at some point I was probably going to resign. I was putting away extra money yeah, so that I could just figure out, okay, because it's, it's scary when you quit your, it doesn't matter how much money you're making. It is scary when you don't have a paycheck every week and yeah. you don't have health insurance and and all that, all that wonderful stuff that comes with the trappings of it. That, that yes. You, uh, trappings. It's a great word for it. it word. Put, put the cage around you and, you know, stay inside the four walls and you're good to go otherwise. That's right. <laughs> what was it like getting started? You, you, leave the, you leave the corporate world and you go to you. It's you yourself and you. It's day one. Again, that's still part of the past and that origin side of things as well. What was that first year like? It was, it was amazing. And it was also kind of hell because I've always, even when I was young, I knew I was going to, I was going to Purdue. I was getting my engineering degree. I knew I'd get an MBA. Like I had all these, these things that I knew. And then when you quit your job, because I didn't know if I wanted to do real estate or natural health, um, there were a lot of unknowns, but I just decided I was going to embrace that freedom. And excuse me, I cut back on, even though I was traveling all over the place, but still I was very cognizant of my budget with Mm -hmm. that, which I think is super important. So day one was really, I already had lined up an internship with a naturopath doctor in South Dakota. I had a one month internship 
with a property management company in Indianapolis. So those were lined up. And in the meantime, I was reading, I was studying like crazy. I was working. My parents just bought a house. We were rehabbing. I was helping them rehab the house. So I was not sitting on the couch eating bonbons and watching TV or movies. I can tell you that. Ooh, that's a, that's a, that's a great moment right there too, because it's that, that, that driven and that persistent behavior. You know, we've, we are, you know, humankind clawed their way to the top of the food chain because we're considered persistent hunters. We're not the biggest predators on the planet. We just tire out other things. And that's something that we always have to be reminded of. And that's what happened that very first year for you. I, and I was hungry. I was networking. I was doing events anywhere I could get my name out. You know, I didn't know what I was going to do, but even if you tell people, oh, you know, well, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to do this or that. And, you know, it just gets your name out and you never know when that's going to come back or when you can help somebody, no matter what business you go into. Mm-hmm. What were some of those main hurdles? What was the, the, Oh crap. Or by the way, we could say bad words on this call too. That's okay. Cause we checked a little box that says for under 18. So yeah, uh, <laughs> Elizabeth, you had to have some holy shit moments too, because there's a shock in the system. Culture of the culture of the corporate world is very different and it's got its own landmines and sociopaths and psychopaths and hierarchical behavior. And this, this real data tree of, of social structure that needs to go into it. And then you go into this lawless wasteland. <laughs> it is entrepreneurhood. What were some of your, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, there is a lot of that. Um, one of the biggest ones was when I first started the business, because I did not know I was going to be doing hosting and property. I wanted to flip houses. I bought a couple houses in Indy before I even moved here. Um, I had, when you get into business and you're going to have clients, no matter what, when you first start, like you just need clients, you, you just need any type of money coming in. And I didn't, I had no idea at the time I had a client from hell. Mm. It, it was horrible. And I will say too, Mitch, that when I was in corporate, so I'm by no means a goody two shoe, but I didn't cuss. I, I never cussed when you own your own business, you cuss a lot, a lot. I even say the F word, not as much anymore, but <laughs> so be ready. There's some personality changes there. <laughs> How'd you manage that client from hell? Because they don't go away. It's never just one. We're, we're too dumb for that. We're too hungry for money. What was it like navigating that first for the first time? Because it wouldn't be the first time that you, that you said a bad word to another human being, even though in the corporate world, wasn't quite the culture, but what was it like to adjust? What were the lessons that kind of trans- translated over? And what was the part that, that just, okay. I'm starting to understand this, how to, how to contextualize and deal with this, because we've always got those people to contend Absolutely. With. The big thing for me was I decided the type of people, there were red flags when I first met her. And mm. what I decided was like, these are the people that I will work with. And I, I mean, there was a lot of times where I was eating rice and beans. And when I went out with my friends, like I'm not a big drinker, but I didn't order alcohol, not because I didn't want it, but because I, it wasn't in my budget right? Because yeah. I'm just starting a business. And I don't think a lot of people realize that, like, you know, they see us whenever we're making great money. So, you know, you're living the life, so to speak, but man, it's a ramp up to get there. Or at least it was for me, it was a, a ramp up. Um, but I decided like, if you are, if I get red flags from you, 
at the beginning, it's, it's only going to go downhill and I, nothing is worth that. So I became very selective. Uh, it was, it's a whole process about who's my client, what type of property will I take in one week? I turned down five properties. Mm. I was still a new, like I needed the business, but the, yeah. Uh -uh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So knowing your avatar is it, you will make more money and you're going to be more pleasant to be around for your team and your family. So I highly, highly encourage that. I love it. All right. We're going to take a short break here as well right now for the audience. You're going to pop back in for section two, where we're going to be talking about the state of the world that Elizabeth is living in right now. We're going to get some more great words and wisdom out of here, have a couple more laps and probably play, say a couple of bad words. So I'll be right back for our next section. We are back. Mitch Kamich, the Savage in Business, Savage in Business, the podcast and Elizabeth. Mayora Sickles in the house, Woo! the queen of Airbnb. Yes, I know she coined that term herself. So, you know, I think we still need to market and sell t-shirts or that sort of shit. Anyway, Elizabeth, we're back here. We've been talking about how you got to where you're at, your villain origin story, if you will. Let's have a look at the present right now. The last few years have been pretty cool. I know this, right? I know yeah. this. You you know, we, we, we stay abreast and in contact with each other. The last couple of years, What's that been like for you right now? What gave you the a kind of arrived moment? What, what was it like developing into that? There's some metamorphosis, some transformation. There's a, hey, we got to here and this is what we're doing right now. And then things, as always in business, are always changing, right? So let's, let's snapshot some of that. Tell people what the last couple of years have been like for you. A real roller coaster. We had COVID hitting in 2019. So for the travel industry, um, we were set to have our biggest year ever. And we had boom, March 13th, they canceled the NCAA tournament, which is a huge moneymaker for us to start the season off. Uh, so it's pretty devastating for a little bit. I had to put my team, which I'm very team. The team is still with me actually. Um, but I had to put them all on lower lowered hours. Um, the team actually ended up. So once you know, people started traveling again. Uh, the team actually convinced me to start a cleaning business. Ooh. So I started a cleaning business and my team that was on the property management side also cleaned with me. Um, that's a whole, that's a whole podcast in and of itself. Uh, so we got up to 12 employees. So I have one business that's 365 days, 24 seven, which is the property management. And I have a cleaning business, which is seven days a week. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot. So I had a lot of fun with employees and mm. everything that comes along with, with some of that. Um, and then in, uh, so we did fantastic. So 2019 at the end, right. We start ramping up because people are traveling phenomenal. Um, in August of 2021, I had coffee with a man that I thought was really great. And at the time I was, I was cleaning every weekend, every Saturday and Sunday, because I didn't have enough people that would clean to my expectations yeah. Yeah. and to the standards of the company. Cause I trained everybody cause I want things done a certain way. Right. Cause my, my name's on the cleaning business and my name's on the property management business. And after I met Mike, I was like, you know, there's more to life than cleaning every weekend. And why am I cleaning every weekend? And my mm -hmm. mom would come over and help me every weekend also. Mm -hmm. 
So, and I was like, huh, uh. part of it too, was trying to find another cleaning company that could take over our volume. Um, Cause yeah, I was still growing the property management business and thankfully I got a referral that, that worked. So I scaled back the cleaning company. I spent more time with him who is now my husband. Um, so we got married just a couple months ago. And then um, I've also sold the hosting and property management side. Ooh. So that's a lot of threads to pull on there. What was the what was the driver for you to decide to sell? Because that is a, a surprisingly short amount of time to run a business and then look at, at being able to create the opportunity. And what you just said, so the audience is listening. She launched an entirely second business attached to the first, spun that off a little bit to somebody else, and then sold her primary business all in the span of seven years. Mm-hmm. That's Correct. fast, right? What uh, <laughs> what What made the decision for you? Really when COVID hit and I was just, you know, I was working even more because I had to put my team on limited hours. And I said, man, I, I just, I don't want to do this forever. Um, We had a really great thing going on. And I think it's always important to get out while you're still happy with what you're doing because you're still going to be passionate about it and you're going to care. So I started looking for a buyer actually in 2019 and got some low balls and (laughs) I knew you know, I was not going to just sell to, to sell by any means. Um, so ended up having eight offers, um, for the company. And, um, so I sold last year, April 15th, actually, and it was the best time to sell a hosting and property management company. Um, I'm very, very, very grateful for that. Um, and I can tell you that, even though all the I's were dotted, the T's were crossed, my lawyer, my CPA, I had two business consultants review um, our purchase agreement. We still miss things. So if anybody needs help with selling, I would love to help because (laughs) while some of it went really fantastic, um, I made some big mistakes with it also. So Mm. there was no clause in there to take it back over. They were running it into the ground immediately. And there was no clause that I could take it back. Um, so there was, there's a lot going on and there's a lot going on. What, what put you in the spot that you were able to let go ultimately, because it's tough to watch that. It's really Mm -hmm. tough to watch something that you built and your blood, sweat and tears went into and you turn it over to somebody else and it immediately starts to nosedive and you're thinking, well, shit, I have to, I, I'm, I'm compelled to step in. I built these relationships. I built these customers. I built the systems. I built the tools. I built every aspect of this. And now it's doing this. What allowed you to to let go of that rope? The biggest thing was, so they were keeping all the team. So part of the team was still going to work for me. That was all worked out. Um, But the structure was actually really good, Mitch, because I just sold the hosting and property management side. I kept the consulting, speaking, and the interior design and furnishing. Yeah. So I kept my name. I kept all my social social media. I kept all of that. Mm. So that's why it was. And my team was taken care of. Like when I talk to everybody, my people are trained, they're passionate. Um, and none of them work for the folks that bought the company anymore. Yeah. What a, what a great one. What was the biggest, what was the biggest lesson you learned out of it? What was the biggest thing that you got to take away that, that, it, because every one of these, 
every one of these whoopses, every one of these life lessons, every one of these business lessons teaches us something that just creates a, a bigger environment and levels us up. It toughens us up, it builds calluses, it builds muscle, builds muscle memory. I would, that's very true. And I would say the biggest lesson was I had some reservations about the buyers and I was like, ah, no, it's, it's fine. It's Didn't fine. Did we discuss Actually, red they, flags already? Yes. I, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Listen to your gut for sure. Yeah. A piece, you know, you can have everything on a piece of paper or, even if you don't have anything, I cannot tell you how many times We've had to go back to the contract. I will say, oh, this is on page five, section 11, uh, 11C. Read your contract. Like this is, this is really easy. Um, and I didn't cuss. I'm really proud of myself. I got to say, I'm very proud of myself. Didn't we establish that? Didn't you learn to cuss when you were in business? Come on. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I don't have the stress of property management now. So <laughs> the, the new ones, what's the fun part about it? What's because uh -huh. that's a lot of transition. What's the what's the fun part? Because you've you've obviously engaged in being passionate and making sure the people around you are passionate with what they do. Maintaining some of that fun in it is wickedly important. You're, you're not afraid of the hard work and the process and the persistent and consistent behavior. Mm -hmm. What keeps you what keeps you moving every morning? What's that driver on the on this part of what you're doing? I love working two two aspects of the business. That's well, actually three. That's really big, but. I love speaking and consulting with folks because people that want to do better, I can just tell them a couple of things to change and they, they can make huge, huge money in the business. Like there are mm -hmm. some very minor changes. And you know, when you're in the weeds, like you're not thinking about, Oh, I can't charge for this. I can't do this. Yes, you can. So I love it. I actually, I have a client that um, he and his wife hired me to do consulting. They did, 99% of what I told him to do that first night, like no joke. This was over a year ago. He, yesterday, he said, I just wanted to thank you again. You have no idea how much money we're making. Thank you. So like, I just, I love it when people, other entrepreneurs and people that just want to get better do. And on the furnishing and design side, man, it's awesome taking a house and making it worthy of welcoming guests and the client's going to make money and the guests are going to be happy and they're going to want to come back. So I, I just love that stuff. Love it. All right. We're going to bounce off for another short break here in a moment. When we come back, we're going to talk about what's, what's next. And of course, as you know, when we come out of this show, we want to hear some of the really cool things, some of the really fun things and some of the really badass and the savage things savage lessons that elizabeth has learned as well and what she's gonna be applying next and that way you could take it away as well so we'll be back here in just a moment <laughs> we're back and we're having a laugh as we always need to because of course this is entertaining it's fun for me i get to talk to cool people i get to share their story with you guys and we get to talk about some of the great shit that makes life good elizabeth was just asking everything else going on in life that is an antique bar and it is full of scotch so anybody needs a drink Swing on by. I got something good for you. Anyway, Elizabeth, we're back. Third segment of our show. We're going to get in here and rock it. Of course, Savage Business, the podcast. We talk about what's coming next. We talk about some of the great lessons that you have carried forward in life, what you're looking forward to next. And that last question I ask everybody, how do you define truly being savage in business? So you're sitting at it here. You're sitting at where you are right now. It's five years or 10 years from now. What does that look like for you? What is that going to be cascading forward? What are you looking forward to? What are you driving for? What are you measuring against? 
What does success look like for you over the next several years, next decade? I want four large speaking, paid speaking engagements a year. So large, I mean, um, audiences of over 5,000 is my goal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a hell of an audience. Why? Why do you want to talk to so many people? Um, One of the reasons is because I'm... I'm older in life and I just got married. Um, I think a lot of people feel like, and I've always wanted to be, I always wanted kids. Um, I had some health issues, so I'm not able to have children now. So I'm, I'm beyond all that. Um, but I think it's really important, man, when you have the right spouse, oh my gosh. Um, you know, and so many people do want to be married. So just giving people, giving people, excuse me, hope, like not even, not only on the personal side, but on the business side also, you know, if they want to be entrepreneurs and the, all the ups and downs that, you know, like I'm happy now and I'm not cussing, even when I was cussing, like I was still happy because it's, it's, it's amazing building a business. Um, what's that? It's okay to say fuck. It's okay. (laughs) So I really, so I want to be able to reach people to give them that encouragement that, Yes, you can, but don't think you're going to do it sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. What an interesting take for a moment. We look forward. What a difference a good partner in life makes, right? It's awesome. business, professional development. What a difference it makes when somebody's got your back. And my husband, he, so I have a couple of other businesses also. He has, he's an entrepreneur as well. So we talk business, like it's so fun. And we play strategy games, all that we're empty nesters. He has two children. Yeah. They're both out of the house, but like we're, we work out together. We cook together. It's a really awesome. And we want to do more and we want to give back. So it's, I, I love being married and having an amazing spouse. Mm. What's the big life lesson that business has taught you that it took until maybe up until now? Maybe it's something you're still you're still still working to practice on. Uh, these are the things that that make life well worth living. I mean, there's only a finite amount of time that we've got in this world. So something in everything you do, business wise, profession wise, is just something that applies just just for people. Mm-hmm. I would say keep going. There were so many times, you know. I was a new entrepreneur and, you know, trying to make money, trying to make the business work. There were so many times I thought, oh, I should just go to Lowe's or Menards and just get a part-time job or a full-time job. So at least I have an income coming in and I'm still working in the housing industry and I can still build this on the side. Mitch, you have no idea. So many times I wanted to quit when I had the clients from hell, because I had more than one, yeah. uh, you know, and had situations, horrible situations with guests. We had a gunshot at one of our houses. We had, we, I mean, you name it, we've been through it. So, and you want to quit, but keeping that vision of this is the company I'm building and my team, they entrust me to make a paycheck every week and they believe in the vision. So I got to keep going. Mm. That's the biggest thing. Love it. Absolutely love it. What's the greatest business lesson you've ever taken away? The greatest takeaway business, or I'm sorry, the greatest takeaway lesson. I would say paying yourself. Mm. People don't do that too well. What's that? People don't do that too well. They, no, 
they don't, and it's easy. And and I put it off a lot because I wanted to make sure my team was paid because I knew I needed them. Uh, but I could have paid myself a little earlier and a little bit more here and there. A little earlier in the transaction, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, something that I like to say to people, uh, and it's it's what I consider a life lesson, but it's a, a lesson I've learned for business. Uh, if whatever you're making a consideration about, most people are usually jammed up in their brain over money to begin with, but it's just the perception of it. If whatever you're going to do right now isn't going to make a difference in a month or six months or a year, why shouldn't you do it? Like, for example, paying yourself a little more or paying yourself at the front end or making sure that you get the money in your own pocket or whatever else needs to happen. Because if in six months you wouldn't notice, is it really going to make a difference now? That's a great point. That's Last really one. Savage in business. I say those words out loud. What does savage mean to you? And what does savage in business mean to you or for you? What do you take away and what some people should know about how Elizabeth perceives being a savage in business? <laughs> I would say being transparent with your clients on prices and on profit mm -hmm. because it's easy. It's so easy to take an extra, you could take an extra hundred dollars here or well, well, this is kind of questionable if the client should pay for this or if I should pay for this. If you're upfront and people know you're honest, like we still get referrals. I just had a call. Yes. I had two calls yesterday from referrals for property management. We haven't done property management for a year and a half. Mm. So do the right thing. Cause if you think nobody's watching, somebody's watching and you're going to get caught eventually. Mm, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well said, well said, Elizabeth. It's been an absolute privilege and a pleasure to share this time with you today. Thanks so much for jumping in here and sharing some of the wisdom and just the, the journey that you've gone through in business as well. To the rest of our audience as well, Savage Your Business, the podcast across all of the platforms like you'd expect. Listen in on all three parts of this episode as well. Go back, check out the rest of season one. It'll be coming through as well. Recording date right now is right in the middle of September 2023, and this is going to be coming out starting in October, somewhere thereabouts. Watch for it. Check it out on all the major channels. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us. Mitch Kamich, I am the Savage of Business. This is Savage of Business, the podcast. It has been fantastic sharing this time with you. Get at us. Get subscribed. Get online. And get over to us, MitchKamich.com, SavagePlaybook.com, WorldwideEntrepreneurAcademy.com. Get at it. Get into it. Figure it out. Get somebody to help you. Find somebody that you can butt up against. Get some really smart stuff plugged in your head. Get your ass in gear. Stick with it no matter what. Do not give up. And for the love of God, according to Elizabeth, pay yourself first. It's not a bad <laughs> idea. We'll see you all next time. Have a fantastic day.